What a wonderful time we had celebrating our pastor and first lady's 26th year pastoral anniversary. Folks gathered in their best high tea attire to honor first lady Elizabeth. The celebration continued with an Oscar-winning night at the Hotel Bentley. Family and friends gathered in their formal wear to pay tribute to this great man of God. What an evening to remember as we prayed, we laughed, and danced the night away. Congratulations again to you, Pastor Dara, and First Lady Elizabeth for 26 years of service. Every Monday and Thursday from 6 to 9 p.m., the Recreational Ministry will host an event called Get Buckets. That's right, both women and men over the age of 16 can enjoy devotion and a game of basketball starting June 13, 2022. If you are a guest today joining us for the first time, we are so glad that you've decided to worship with us. After service, please stop by our guest center where we'll have a special gift just for you. If you've been blessed by this ministry, partner with us in spreading the gospel all over the world. This is your opportunity to give unto the Lord and give to this ministry. You can do so by scanning our QR code on the screen or text to give by texting ZH family followed by the dollar sign to 73256. That's 73256. Or you can go to our website at www.zionhill.com and click on the give tab or simply give through our new church app. That's right. Zion Hill has a new app. Visit us at Google Play or at the Apple App Store and search for Zion Hill Church Family to download. And if you're searching for a church home, we invite you to be a part of the Zion Hill family. Meet Pastor Dara and Lady Elizabeth at the altar after the benediction or go to the church website and complete the information on the e-church tab. Please join Pastor Joshua Joy Dara every Wednesday night at 6 p.m for our online Bible school called Grace for Today, or our in-church Bible school. Also feel free to join us for our Friday night prayer service every Friday night at 6 p.m. Thank you for tuning in and joining us today. Until next time, we'll see you at the top. See you all at the top. Good morning, my name is Minister Clarence Smith, and I would like to welcome all our first time guests and viewers. If you're a first-time guest in the house, we ask that at the end of the service that you'll stop by the guest station and receive a gift from the Zion Hill family. And once again, uh, if you're viewing online, you can scan us to Zion Hill. So let us go to the Lord in prayer. Good morning, Abba, Father God. Good morning, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Father God, we pray and we bless your holy and your wonderful name. Father God, we thank you for waking us up this morning, Father God, allowing us to enjoy your benefits, Father God, that your brand new mercy, your sufficient grace this morning, Father God. 
Lord God, traveling grace and highway mercy to get to your house. We thank you, Father God, that we got here and we found the doors open because some churches are still closed. Lord God, but we thank you for the under-shepherd, the angel of the house, Lord God, that you have touched him, and Lord God, and led him to open the doors of the house. Oh, Lord, we have so much to be thankful for and grateful for, Father God. So we come here to praise you. We come here to worship you. We come here to magnify you, Lord God. We even come here asking for forgiveness, Father God, for all our sins, all our transgressions, all our iniquities that we've committed against thee in thy heart, thy mind, thy soul, thy thought, and thy deed. Father God, help and have mercy. We pray that your will will be done this morning, Lord God. Use the angel of the house, Father God, the guest speaker, whoever you're going to use. Use them like you never used them before, Father God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you and we love you. Amen.
Jesus died upon the cross, and I know it was. Yeah, I know it was the blood. I know it was. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was gone, He died upon the cross.
Amen. I'm so glad somebody's excited about it. Because if you know God in any form, you'll find out giving is receiving. In fact, the Bible said in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, that God always gives seed to the sower. So if you're in the business of giving, you can be assured that God is committed to increase you more and more. And let me encourage you to be a part of that. Life is too short to be living average. God wants to use you as a channel of blessing. And while he's using you, you are blessed in the process. So this is an opportunity for you to sow seed in the ground. Every farmer knows it. In order to reap harvest, you need seed in the ground. Am I right about it? Your seed, ladies and gentlemen, is a bridge between where you are now and where you're trying to be. I'm not talking theories. I tried myself. Have a picture where you want to be. And then your seed is the bridge that will cross you over. That seed you're about to, to sow is also a documentation of your trust in God. Because God said, test me and see. So you go on record. You say, Lord, I trust you. And when you trust God, he'll never let you down. I tried him for 63 years. I can take a stand in any court and tell you, give us. I never stuck in the elevator of life. The more you give, the more he gives to you. Do I have a witness in the house? <laughs> Amen. Amen. And you know, I found out your seed is the only voice that your future will listen to. So never, never miss opportunity to give. I don't care what church you are. I was walking to my office this morning and I saw Dr. Brewer writing a check to the church. I don't care if you're in a Catholic church, Methodist church, uh, in a chapel, wherever you get a chance to, to sow, take advantage of that. Are you feeling me? All minds clear? Now, we have some projects going on in our church, as you well know. There is a digital board out there. Uh, we just bought one. It, it should be installed in about two or three weeks from now. It costs more than $100,000. We had to take that from our church reserve. I want that to be paid back to the church. Amen. To be specific, it costs $103,000. That's not including taxes. 
hundreds of thousands of people will be driving by that highway. When people come into this city, the first thing they see is your church. We've got to continue with a spirit of excellence. We need your help. We all agree we're going to build a complex for young people this year. They sent me the blueprint. I've been walking through it all week, making sure they don't miss nothing. That project will cost $3.9 million. So that we might as well call it $4 million. But look at why we're doing it. To keep young people off the street. To keep young people out of jail. So walk with me. Let's make Central Louisiana a much better place. And we can do it. We don't need the government. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are blessed. So there are four ways you can give to us for the work of the ministry. Those of you who are here, you can just give while the usher minister to you. If you need an envelope, they will give you one. If you are country folk like me, you just want to give. You don't need nothing. That's fine, too. Secondly, we have a website. Some of you are live streaming. You're not here. Just go to that website. You can give online. Amen. Another thing is what we call texting your gift. You could through your phone. You can just text. You see, they put it on the screen for you there. And believe it or not, another way that you can give here, we have a church app, a mobile app. You can just go to that church app. What am I trying to tell you? If you want to give, there are so many ways you can get it done. And remember, obedience always births blessing. Let's pray. Father God, I'm grateful for the opportunity to give. Thank you for brothers and sisters who are gathered here who understood that when we give, it shall be given to us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, our cup running over. Men and women give you unto our bosom. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will touch the hearts of men and women. Not only those who are here, those who are home, those who are out of town. There are many people that you have used in a great way to bless this church. Lord, I pray that you will touch our heart to walk in obedience. And I speak increase in the life of every giver today. I pray that the name of God will be manifested in your life. One of his name is El Shaddai, a God who is more than enough. David tested it and see. He said, once I was young, now I'm an old man. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Their seed will never beg for bread. God will bless you and bless the seed of your womb. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. The ushers will come. The choir will minister. Let's give. Let's change this community for the glory of God. Amen.
Amen. And the Lord Jesus is commanding all of us to be a witness. I want to quickly introduce our guest speaker for today. One of the joy of being a pastor is every now and then you get to rest. Hallelujah. We have here with us today uh, the president of the Louisiana Christian University, just a few blocks from our church. And one of my dreams, because we are so close, has always been to take advantage of that and have a true partnership where students can come and use their gifting here. Some of them are learning to be a musician. They can use their gift here. It doesn't cost us anything. It's called internship. <laughs> Some of them are learning to be preachers. Can put them to work. Sunday school teacher, administrative staffs in the church office. And this man of God, the president of that university, has been so open and so receptive to working with this church. It's been a joy for me to work with him. I'll be honest with you, under his leadership, that university is now about 40% minority. Louisiana Christian University is named the second most diverse university in the whole state due to its leadership. And I don't say much, but believe me, that is very, very significant. There are members of this church who are working there. They are paid. And when they are blessed, they can be a blessing to our church. Amen. I see even Dr. Brown there. Dr. Brown is a professor in the Department of Nursing. We have professors in that university here. We have students in that university here. We have staffs in that university here in this church. In fact, this week, one of our members will be interviewing. So there's a lot that go on behind the scene that we don't always tell you. So it's a good thing to collaborate and to partnership and to do things to enhance the kingdom of God. Every week he's in one church preaching because part of his, his job commitment is to go to churches all across the state. And I've asked him to come and bless us this morning. He's no stranger here. I don't need to be reading you his degrees and all that stuff. So he's been here before. He preached here. He sang here. He had fun here. And so I look forward to hearing him bless the body of Christ. Not just those who are here. Those of you live streaming, uh, it's a good day to be blessed. Those of you listening on radio and watching on television, we're all going to be blessed today. I'm going to ask the choir to sing one more song. And after they're singing this morning, the next voice you're going to hear is that of Dr. Rick Brewer. 
president of Louisiana Christian University. God bless.
Gonna switch off? All right, there we go. There we go. All right, good. Well, this morning, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to Micah chapter 6, verse 8. The thought today is what it means to make the pursuit of God the very passion of your heart. What does it mean? And I'm going to simply give you just a couple of challenges and and four simple words this morning for our minds and our hearts to come around this, not an idea, not a concept, but a reality, a transformational fact. And so we all search and want to know, God, what is good? What do you expect of us, God? What do you want from me? And he answers it right there in the prophet, Micah 6, 8. Simple verse, but I think it's the summary statement of the Old Testament, perhaps the summary statement of all Christianity. He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God? Lord, may you bless the preaching of your word today. Holy Spirit, move in our midst, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. You can see information, knowledge, must be translated into experience. Must be translated into experience. We were made to center our lives upon Christ, to make the purpose and the passion of our lives knowing, serving, delighting, and resembling Him. The growth and happiness will only go on eternally, increasing unimaginably. And therefore, this morning, Micah 6, 8, ladies and gentlemen, is either not true or it is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, it's either not true or it is the most unbelievable thing I've heard in my life. It's the greatest thing. I've heard in my life. Here's an invitation from the God of the universe, from the Lord of creation, the creator, the sovereign king, and he is inviting you and he's inviting me to share our lives in relationship with him. We have an invitation. It's beyond belief, mind-boggling. Take it and go with it. You know, my hope is that you as a people at Zion Church, Zion Hill Church, will come to a place of pursuing God passionately. That will come around and embrace his value, pursuing God passionately. I want to give you two quick reasons. The first reason is this. It's what God wants from you and from me. God is now showing you and me what is good. Love mercy. Love justice. Act mercy. Act with kindness. Be humble. And God is moving towards us. Act justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly with your God. Isn't that amazing? He's telling us what it takes to be good and what he accepts and what he expects. And that's what God wants most from you. And what do you, what do you think God wants most from you today? I mean, if we went out on the street and asked people to answer that question, we'd say, you know, what do you think God wants most from you? Fill in the blank. A lot of people, the first thing they'd say is, well, I need to change my behavior. That's probably a good thing. 
There's some things we need to stop, and there's some things we need to start. Now, some might say, you know, I believe what God wants the most from me is my money. Well, Dr. Dara has given a wonderful scriptural exegesis today as to why we give and how God blesses the giver abundantly beyond what we could ever imagine or think. And yes, it takes resources for kingdom work. It takes resources to reach young people. It takes resources to change communities, to be the living church. It takes resources, as it says, to put God to the test and watch what he does. But that's not all he wants from you and me. Some would say, well, you know, I think what God wants the most from me is my service, my, my, my selfless giving. No question about that. Sign up. Do something. You want to see if you really want to serve? Go in there and work in the nursery. <laughs> that'll, that'll humble you pretty quick. Yeah, I get an amen there from the ladies. That's right. See, the essence of this is that encounter of that young attorney who came to Christ one time. You remember. He said, Jesus, I've been listening to you, been following you. What's the most important commandment? What's the greatest thing I should do? I mean, Jesus, cut to the chase. I just want to know what I got to do. And what's the most important commandment? Jesus simply said, what? Love God with your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. See, everything hinges on that. All the rules, all the laws, all the prophecy, all of it, Jesus says, hinges on this new covenant, these two components of this equation. Love God, love others. You see, what God wants most from you and from me, above my giving, above my service, above my changed behavior, what God wants most from you and me is my affection. Because you're the only person that can give that to God. I can't give your affection for God. Only you can give your affection, your love, your genuine love for God. That's why I want you to make pursuing God the passion of your heart. Love God, come after God, pursue God, have a heart full of God. That's what Micah is saying. He's saying, and this is a good thing. Good thing. See, understand that this vertical relationship that we have with the Father through Jesus always produces horizontal renewal. I mean, if you love God, if you pursue God, you're passionate about God, then you're going to love everybody. You're going to love the loveless. You're going to love those who hate you. You're going to pray for your enemies. You're going to love. Love always wins. My, my young friend, Chris Singleton, whose mother was one of those who was heinously shot at Mother Emanuel Church in Charleston, South Carolina. I worked at the school near there before I came here, and Chris was a member of our baseball team. His mother, strong in her faith, she was there that night for the Bible study. And Chris was interviewed two days after, and they asked him, he said, love conquers hate. 
and God has used Chris. You can check him out on social media. He is speaking to all the major pro baseball, basketball, football teams. He's speaking at Fortune 500 companies as God is using him to spread this word of love. Sounds simple, but yet we don't do it. (laughs) But that great vertical relationship, if we truly are pursuing God, if we're truly passionate for God, then we're going to pursue and be passionate for our neighbor. And our neighbor may not act like us. (laughs) Love God. Love others. What God wants most is your affection. Come after God. Act justly, yes. Do the right thing. Pursue justice. Pursue biblical justice. Love mercy. Be merciful. Be kind. Listen, folks are going through some tough stuff. You know, when that, when that little girl or guy waits for you behind the counter at Why Not Stop, there's probably a reason that might be one of two jobs they have. I mean, be kind. Give them a word of, of blessing. Maybe even bless them with a tip. I don't know about you, but I, I like the tip in the restaurants. Tip more than the 20%. Because I know how hard it is for people to get people to work these days. And so I'm thankful for people that want to do that. And I think if you call yourself a Christian, you should be acting with kindness. And Paul said it well in Ephesians 4. He said, be ye kind to one another. Be ye kind to one another gentle boy don't we need some of that in this world today some kindness but see that's radical (laughs) that's radical being kind but that's what we do as, as followers of Jesus we're different if we're not different ladies and gentlemen we will become irrelevant don't ever forget that it's not just enough to do the right thing It's not just enough to know the right thing. No, Jesus, God is saying, I want you to walk with me. I want to walk with you through all of life. He's looking at me, he says, Dr. Rick, I want to walk with you and I want you you to walk with me through the good, through the bad, through relationships, through education, career, marriage, family, life, and praise God, he says, I'll walk with you through death. That's the God of the universe we love and we serve. The maker of the universe says, this is good. This is what I want from you. That's why we should pursue God, the passion, with passion and the priority of our heart. Well, the second reason I want you to do that is not only because what he wants most from you is your affection. It's the second reason that we should make pursuing God the passion of our heart is that our souls have a God-sized crater in them. A God-sized crater. And we keep filling it with everything but God. And we remain dissatisfied. The psalmist declares, I love this, Psalm 107, 9. He, God, satisfies. Can you say satisfies? He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with what? Good things. Amen? Are you thirsty today? Are you hungry today? Well, God says, I'll give it and I'll satisfy you. 
He satisfies the hungry soul. We are in a- interacting with a culture that doesn't recognize this God-sized crater in their souls. And, and some of them and some of you have been stuffing the whole world into a crater the size of God. And in effect, you're wandering in a desert and your very soul is wasting away. I got great news for you. I got great news for you. There's an invitation right here before you today from the creator God to know him, to walk with him, and to love him faithfully. R.C. Sproul wrote, men are never duly touched and impressed with a conviction of their insignificance until they have contrasted themselves with the majesty of God. Pascal was the philosopher who became a follower of Christ. He talked about this creator and said it was a God-shaped void. Or as one of my contemporary philosophers, uh, pop singer Jackson Brown wrote many years ago, there's a God-sized hunger in all of us. No matter what you call it, people are searching, people are seeking, and they're trying to stuff that with everything else but God. Start with God. Oh, David, David saw it. King David saw that crater. He saw that massive gap in his life and, and he got the invitation and he responded. Listen to what he says in Psalm 27, 4. Pastor Dara, you talk about vision. Listen to this. He says, one thing, one thing, one thing I ask of the Lord. Now, you know, if the Lord said, Rick, what you want, what things you want, I probably have a list of about 47,000. You know what I'm talking about? But David says just one thing. One thing I ask of the Lord. You talk about clarity. You talk about vision. You talk about focus. What was the one thing? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord and gaze on his beauty. Because David knew if he had that, he didn't need nothing else. Ah, he satisfies. I have a pastor friend that will say in church often, God is here. Stand up and tell him what you need. You know, I often often want to stand up and say, God, I just need more of you. I just want more of you in my life. I am I, aware of this hole in my heart and my soul, and, and, and God, I'm just going to go after you and seek you with all I've got. Go after God, folks. The scripture tells us as we pursue him, what is he doing? He is pursuing us. I'll give you four quick words as a principle. There's a principle. It's clear and simple. There is this tremendous gulf between information and knowledge and experience. Tremendous gulf between the two. A lot of people have information and knowledge. They know about the Bible. They know about Jesus. They know about loving people and helping people. But they have never experienced Christ. They've never experienced the power of the Holy Spirit in their life. They've never, they've never sacrificed and loved. You see, information and knowledge must be translated into experience. That's transformation. David said 34, Psalm 34, 8. He understood it. David said, oh, taste and see. That the Lord is, here's that word again, good. 
How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. I've got a little visual aid to help me this morning. Hang on just a second. Now. <laughs> now. You know, he didn't get excited till then today. Uh, now, you, you, you know about this, right? You, you know about these. I mean, there are precious, precious jewels inside here. Let me, let me tell you a little bit about these babies. This place was opened 50 years ago this year, 1972, by Roy Burr. The cooks come in every day at 2.30 in the morning and start cooking these babies and all other good stuff. They make over 30 varieties of donuts and pastries. They make cakes. Cookies, brownies, cannolis, and my favorite, chocolate-covered bacon. (laughs) Am I getting you hungry yet? Cheesecakes, mini pies, petite fours, chocolate logs. I don't know what that is, but that sounds great. Cupcakes, lemon bars, cake balls, scones, etc. On the average day, they make over a hundred dozen of these things. They're open 363 days a year, only closed on Thanksgiving and Christmas Day. Now, you can know all about these. You can even have a box of them. You can, you can even say, you know, it says, it, says, it says they're delicious. They're delicious. But see, that's information. That, that's knowledge. Must be translated into experience. And so, so, will you, will you taste and see? So information has been translated into experience. You get it? Well, glory to God for great donuts. I just hope in heaven, you know, I grew up on the East Coast where Krispy Kreme is popular. Have you ever been by Krispy Kreme when that red light's blinking? Oh, yeah, see there? Yeah, hot donuts now. I mean, I remember as a kid, we're driving down the Kings Highway in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. I'm about six years old. I'm in the back seat of my dad's car, and it was one of those big old Lincolns that was about a block long, you know. And so all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he careens from one lane, four lanes over, and we go bounding into the Krispy Kreme. I said, what's going on, Dad? He said, oh, the light is on. The light is on. Hot donuts now. I mean, you know, you know, Josh, there's three great words on this side of heaven. Jesus is Lord. God is love, right? And, and hot donuts now. Uh, so I'm just prayerful and hopeful when we get to heaven, there'll be hot donuts now. Because you see, Dr. Brown, I won't have to worry about my weight then. 
I'll have a new body and enjoy my donuts. So there's a principle. What's the principle? Information must be translated into experience. And there's a challenge. It's not easy. It's not easy. There's a battle. We got an enemy. Satan will do all he can to steal your affection. He'll do all he can to keep you from loving God. And then there's a warning. Don't miss it. Don't think that when you get to your end of your life that it's all about acts of justice and mercy. It's all about maybe good things you've done. God may look at you and just simply say, what I wanted most from you was you. Ask God to help you start to prioritize now how to respond to his invitation. And then finally, there's an awesome benefit. Awesome benefit. You got an invitation that's right here before you. Hand delivered by the very Son of God. It doesn't matter where you are or how bad or good you've been. God is calling. He's always been calling. You remember in the Garden of Eden when he came calling for Adam. Adam Adam had sinned. Adam and Eve had disobeyed God's command. And he did like you and I would do. We hide. If we can hide, we feel we're safe. But thank God, God was calling. And God came calling. Oh, he knew, and Adam knew. But he wanted Adam to hear him say, Adam, I'm coming after you. So he's after you today. Take that information, translate it into experience. Pray with me. Lord, thank you for your word which never returns void. Thank you, God, that you have showed us what is good. Yes, to, 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 to act justly, to love mercy, but to walk humbly with you. Lord, may we be found as people who are living this out faithfully, pursuing you above everything else. Realizing that this vertical relationship always impacts our horizontal relationships. So it starts with our relationship with you. I pray for anyone under the sound of my voice today that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior. That today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to turn their lives over to you, to surrender. To say above everything else I give, I give you me, Jesus. I give you me. May it be so as your spirit moves. In Christ's name we pray. Amen, amen. Come on, let me say thank you to Dr. Rick Brewer. <laughs> what a blessing. I was hoping you'll leave that donut. But <laughs> Praise the Lord. We are so grateful for that straight talk. That's what we need. Straight from heaven. Before we take the Holy Communion today, please permit me to mention two announcements. 
Number one, there is a sister here by the name Bonnie Kirk. She's been a member here for three years. And now she's relocating to Houston, Texas. She's one of our media staff. You don't see her quite often because she's in the back in one of the rooms here working, communicating with the rest of the world. There are people that are watching us from other countries, and we needed somebody to talk to them. Because sometimes I may say something, they have a question, or sometimes they, they need clarification. That's what she does there. And I just want us to celebrate her. I don't know if she's in the house now or she's still back there. But if you will please, uh, when you see her, rejoice with her and let her know we appreciate all of our work here at Zion Hill. That's her that we praise the Lord. We are so proud of you. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. And we're going to miss you. And one thing I notice about everybody that moved out of town, they always keep in touch. And when they're home, they're back here in Zion Hill. And the first thing she told me is that, Pastor, I will keep up with Zion Hill. I'll be watching. I watch services. And whenever I'm in the area, I'm coming back home to visit. We love you, woman of God. We are proud of you. And we, we pray for God's blessings to you in Houston, Texas. God bless you. The second thing I want to mention to you, we're in the process of uh, ordinating new deacons and new deaconesses in our church. Uh, if the Lord puts it in your heart to be a deacon or to be a deaconess, uh, will you please make yourself available to pastor tomorrow? I do not want, we have selected some people, but the game is not over. Basically, I asked the deacons to come up with some names, and I asked the deaconesses to come up with some names. But that's not the exclusive list. You know, I'm the boss, you know. I get to, so... I am inviting everybody. If the Lord has touched your heart and you're willing to be trained because you know my style of leadership is to trust people to do things, but you cannot send somebody who is not trained. If not, you'll be, you, you're going to have a car wreck. All right? My boss here always say, you have to inspect what you expect. So if God has called you and you would like to serve as a deacon in this church, so nobody can say, I didn't get a chance. So tomorrow at 6 p.m., meet me right here. And I just want to chat with you, get to know you, and make sure that this is a good fit for you. All minds clear? All right. Let's sing our congregational song. 
What a fellowship, what a joy to find. I want you to get up where you are, walk around, say hello to somebody. And after that, we'll come back here and receive the Holy Communion. Alright? What a fellowship, what a joy to We started 27 years of ministry here. I thought I should again share with everybody, especially our ministers, what the pastor expects. I'll be honest with you, I got this idea from one of my children. Was young, about 10 years old, little George decided the career he wants is to be a basketball player. He was determined to go to the NBA. And 
wake up every morning, basketball. You go to bed, basketball. And he just knew in his spirit that he would be an NBA star. And at 10 year old, he called me one day. He said, Pastor, he said, Daddy, I want you to come out. I said, okay. So I came out. I said, what do you want from me? He said, I want you to see me dunk the ball. Okay, I watched. So he dribbled the basketball for a few minutes and then he rushed the goal and dumped the basketball. And sure enough, he was able to do it. I said, Oh, son, I'm impressed. That was very impressive. And as I was telling him how good he was, I also mentioned to him this one problem. That I have lowered the basketball to six feet. And, and then I, I told him that a real goal is ten feet, not six feet. So you're good. And I'm saying the same thing to our church, basically. The Lord is blessing you, you're good, your name is known out there, but you're dunking the ball. At six feet, it's time to move up. Are you with me? So, to whom much is given, much is required. So, I need you to join me, raise the bar, not just on how to serve communion, but in everything. Communion day like this, I will want all the deacons and all the deaconesses to be here 7.30. Pray together. Wash your hands before you come and serve. And the ministers too, you know. So that when the people are here, you are already sanctified. Going higher. So I'm, I'm teaching, but I'm also giving instructions. Israel was in that kind of situation. They were dunking the ball of worship at six feet, they were dunking the ball of praise at six feet. And so in the book of Malachi, God showed up. You know what God told them? I'm not impressed. I'm speaking from my heart to you. There's so much more for us as a church. And it's time to move higher. Now, if you're winning, but you're playing with other teams that are not so good, winning all right, but that don't make you a champion. So what I'm calling for as we start, this 27 year we're beginning. Everything you do around here, raise the bar. If you're not doing that, I will call you out. And I don't want to do that. I want to be able to walk by and see, wow, Look at the deacons. Wow. Look at the music minister. Look at the Sunday school teachers. 
whom much is given, much is required. All minds clear? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to receive the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the price that you paid. Holy Spirit, touch our hearts. Let us not do this in vain. Let this not just be a religious experience want to have an encounter with you. Thank you for your presence here today. In Jesus' name. Amen.
disciples the night before he was betrayed and then he served two things how many things one is bread and one is wine and for those of you who are live streaming we have in our hands some drink and some wafer you may want to be a part of this. And you say, Pastor, but I don't have a waiver. Just go to your kitchen, get you some bread, and some drink, whether it's juice or wine or water. It's the spirit behind it. All right? So you can be a part of what is going on in the house. Now, it took that bread and he told the disciples as I'm telling you now that this bread represents his body now of course I'm sure they were confused what do you mean your body but that same body that physical body of his will soon become a memorial body that memorial body will be presented to God as mystical body. That mystical body, believe it or not, believe it or not it, will, it will become glorified body. So when he is telling them, this is my body, eventually, then that same body, 
is what he shared with the body of Christ. Now we talk about you and me, the church, as the body of Christ. And he said that body will be beaten up. That body will be broken for you and me. Now you understand what Isaiah was saying in Isaiah 5:53. He said he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes, we are healed. I believe with all my heart, his body was broken for your healing, for my healing. So if you are here this morning, and there is any form of sickness in your body, don't just do this as a religion. Believe God for your healing. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the price you paid. Your body that was broken. Today, by faith, we receive healing in our body. No sickness, no disease can habitate in our body. By your strife, we are healed. We receive that by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you please take the bread and eat right now? Just the bread. The Bible said in the same manner, he took the cup and he told those disciples, he said, this cup represents my blood that will be shed for you. The Bible says without the shedding of the blood, there's no remission for sin. I believe with all my heart, his blood was shed so that you and I can be forgiven. And maybe you're like me. You've done some things you're not too proud of. The good news is that God can forgive you. God can forgive me. In fact, if you will receive your forgiveness today, he's already done it. I believe also this blood is his way of healing our soul and healing our spirit man. I believe with all my heart that as we receive today everything that you have done, all your crazy thoughts, all your actions that is unbecoming of a child of God is under the blood. I say it's under the blood. Let me advise you, put your house under the blood. Put your children under the blood. Put your job, your career, 
Can I be brutally honest with you? This church is under the blood. There's no way I could lead thousands of people just in my own ability. But the church is under the blood. The ministries of this church is under the blood. Do the same thing for your household. Do the same thing for your life. Raise that blood up. You know, the Bible said it. I'm just a mailman delivering the, the mail. He said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The angel of death cannot mess with your house. No premature death in this house. In the name of Jesus Christ. Every one of you, I decree and I declare, you will live and not die. The Bible says, if you decree a thing, it shall be established. I decree prosperity in this house. This is not a house of poverty. This is a house of plenty. I pray your children, your children's children, will never experience poverty in their life. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the blood. And we serve notice on the devil today. The blood of Jesus Christ is against you. You might as well park and go. This is not a place for you. And we thank God for the blood of Jesus. As we drink it, we drink it by faith. Knowing that our body will be sanctified. Knowing that every impurity, toxins in our body will be cleaned out. And thank you, oh God, for forgiveness of our sins. Thank you for healing our body. By faith, individually, corporately, we decree all is well. In Jesus' name, amen. Shall we all drink? At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. Come on, get your hands together. Oh, it was there.
lovely wife and I are standing here to welcome you and to receive you to our congregation. I believe that will be one of the best decisions you will ever make. This is a place where you'll be fed with the word of God, an opportunity for you to use your gift and talents for the glory of God. Again, we thank you, we love you all, and we wish you a wonderful weekend. Now lift your hands towards, towards heaven for the benediction. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you. May he lead you beside the still water and prepare a table before you even in the presence of all your enemies. I pray that he will establish your going and watch over you. It is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.